It was only a matter of time. We've got our first drapery scandal. It's trying to make sense of the Terminator timeline this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. We are on, I don't even know what day. Day 100 and million. And your hair um, is orange now. My hair is orange now. Um, it would be day, because I guess I would say March 13th would be 365 days. So yes. I would, so 300, this is what I was trying to do last time. So 365 days minus, so we're at like 352? How are you going to celebrate the the anniversary of the pandemic? Well, um, you got like was a, a little party? <laughs> there was a tweet um, that I don't think I saved or uh, I don't remember who tweeted it was very funny but it was somebody being like we all know it's coming in a few weeks but if you're currently working on your rent seasons of COVID um, how do you measure a year parody this is your sign to stop don't do it (laughs) Uh, so it won't be that sometime in April I think I, I said something along the lines of like whoever out there is trying to write rent, but for COVID, I'm begging you, don't do it. Just don't do it. Because I could just, I pictured so many terrible, terrible, terrible versions yeah. of mapping those two things together. And I was Randy like, Rainbow does- leading the charge. <laughs> yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, I'll say it. This is my show. I can have whatever opinion about Randy Rainbow I want. I'll I'll get spicy with it. <laughs> There's something about watching that man rise and fall. That's um, yeah, it's sweet. It's yeah, I mean, what I feel like I don't like Randy Rainbow's very broad style of musical comedy. I appreciate that it it brings people together, I guess, to share mm-hmm. videos. Um, but even if I don't like it, good for him because it's like, he'll make another video, he'll be back. That's the seg alert going off. That's a nice seg, Steve. I, 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 I was inching towards it (laughs) slowly but surely uh let's bring in our amazing guest he's a writer comedian and co-host podcast baywatch watch please welcome charlie mihalik hi thanks so much for having me of Of course course. thanks for being here welcome uh today we're going to be getting into if you couldn't tell from steve's flawless schwarzenegger impression we're going to be getting into the the many times the terminator franchise has had to justify its own existence which is a ted talk i'm very excited to hear uh (laughs) (laughs) truly because like it 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 does you bring up a good point charlie (laughs) just why why do they keep putting themselves through this uh before we get into that though do you have a randy rainbow opinion That I, you want to share, or are you like I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole? Barely know who Randy Rainbow is. I feel like I've never seen a Randy Rainbow video. I know that he is loosely tied to what 
they would call the resistance. Uh, he was a part of the like Trump, uh, uh, like liberal Krasenstein, Alyssa Milano, uh, Deborah Messing, like that that crew, right? Mm-hmm. Th- that tweets about and replied to Trump a lot, um, and especially like came to prominence a lot in like the 2020 election. Am I mm-hmm. off? I mean, I'm learning more than I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I have I just knew, heard a lot. About I it knew bright like bow ties, con- bright yeah. bow ties. Pick a song that everybody knows the melody to change the lyrics to easy rhymes, you know, uh, make a million dollars, whatever. You know what? He's out there. He's doing stuff. He's more yeah. successful than me. You know and what? As a public figure, I'm allowed to say, fuck him. Yeah. And I don't have to watch it. I don't like it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> if other people are seeing something and it's making them happy, I, I don't care. Great. Yeah. You know, good for them. I'm not, I mad. could be totally wrong about who I think this person is. Also, you know what? It's fine. I already said he can fuck himself. So, <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this and say that you had the hottest take. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it goes back to our whole thing between Steve and I, which is, you know, the people can like whatever they like and letting people like things is important. However, that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. And it's okay if I have an opinion about not liking the thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. And and that's okay to voice. And everybody's just got to deal with the fact that not everybody's going to like the things. Uh, I'll be honest. There's a lot of James Cameron stuff that I don't love. Mm, I don't love Titanic. We've we've talked about this before. I don't like Titanic. I had to be convinced that Titanic could work from a previous guest in front of the show, Kate Raft. And uh, I still am like, I don't know. Still seems. My hot take is that James Cameron basically crushed it up until Titanic. I think Mm -hmm. Titanic is an accomplishment of a film. I think it is a film that is definitely for the time that it was made, um, for how big it was, for the spectacle of it, huge. Um, I think it's like just okay from a story perspective. And then um, I did not enjoy Avatar. (laughs) And then then now he's decided that he's only going to make Avatar for the rest (laughs) of his life. So... (laughs) So great, uh, but I think like we're talking like a string of not of no misses. Terminator one, yes. Aliens, yes. The Abyss, Terminator yes. two, True mm-hmm. Lies, all mm-hmm. fantastic films. He also wrote the script for Rambo two, uh, which is what most people think of when they think of Rambo, which is him against an army. The first Rambo is uh, him. He only kills one person in that movie, and he's basically being hunted the the entire time. So, like, when we think of Rambo going in and blowing up camps and stuff like that, that's James Cameron who wrote that script. So um, he was really, like, good at spectacle-based action. Um, and then he decided that he likes uh, boats and blue people. <laughs> He I does mean, have this like submarine obsession, and he like yeah. legitimately is obsessed with Titanic, and it obsessed does feel, with the Titanic. He does yeah. feel like he uh, he's just hit a point where he's like, I have all the money in the world. I'm going to do whatever I want, and what I want to do is uh, play with green screen toys and take us back to uh, whatever the planet Pandora. is. That they thank Pandora. you. I don't believe it. To get I don't some believe unobtainium. I don't believe there's more movies coming. I don't believe that. I don't believe it's been taking this long. I don't believe I he's really working on it. I kind of agree with you. I he think he's like he's yeah. waiting for the technology to catch up 
with what his vision no. is. He's like MCU, like Iron Man villain, like creating some sort of weapon. <laughs> and nobody's paying attention because they're just like, I mean, you know what? If Sure, let him go make four more avatars. Is yeah, James- back to back. I'm not going to check. I'm not that interested. Is James Cameron Skynet? <laughs> oh, he might be. He is he a one man Skynet? Skynet? Yeah. Um, okay, so to get into this a little bit. So uh, before I ask the, the question that I always ask her guests, uh, why don't you give us a quick rundown, Charlie, of like what the Terminator franchises are? Let's say somebody has just never okay. seen them. They either happen to be Gen Z or they're an alien who's just come down from Earth and you're trying to explain the Terminator and the Terminator movies or are. Or from another time. Or, or from, another time. from another time. Yeah, they've time traveled. They don't have questions about climate change or our phones as little computers that we carry in our pockets, but they are like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. Okay. So Terminator is a, a movie franchise and there was a television show and then they've also spun off into comic books and things like that. We're not going to be talking about any of that. We're mostly going to focus on the movies. And then as like a little bonus, there's the TV show that uh, was in 2008, 2009. Uh, basically, it's about a, a killer robot sent back from the future to kill the le- the future leader of the human resistance, uh, John Connor. So he starts by trying to kill his mom in the first Terminator. Uh, the Terminator is sent back to kill Sarah Connor before she can even get pregnant with John. And then in the second one, he's sent back to kill John. And then in the third one, he's sent back to kill John. <laughs> and then in the fourth one, takes place in the future. Like, it is just constantly having to figure out how we're going to, like, move the goalpost for the inevitable fall of humanity. Um, and it is essentially all built around a sentient computer system called Skynet. Um it's weird, but like the time travel aspect of the Terminator franchise is actually very minor. They don't really spend much time exploring it. They just say, we can do time travel and we're doing it, but they spend a lot of time on the computers. (laughs) And yeah, so I think that's the basic rundown. I mean, I've got I've got notes to talk about each and every movie in the franchise, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so the Terminator franchise constantly needing to justify its own existence through uh increasingly convoluted lore for every why do you know every movie after the second yes why do you know that i think i'm i am someone who was obsessed with the first two terminator movies especially the second one Mm -hmm. um you know like in high school, it was something that I just thought was like the cool, like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. It's widely considered one of the best action movies of all time. I think it's it's both dark, very interesting, and is really good. And the story, actually, for those two first two movies, is actually a pretty well self-contained uh, story that holds up to pretty decent scrutiny. Anything that has time travel is logically going to fall apart, but it explains itself pretty well, and it wraps the story up, so by the end of Terminator 2, the story is done. Or should be. Mm-hmm. And I think then, when they were making another one, uh, the third one came out my senior year of high school, I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, as most, you know, I think adolescent boys at the time were, and he was running for governor in California at the time, and being 17, I didn't care about the politics of it, I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, Arnold's gonna be the governor, and 
So uh, going to see the third movie and like convincing myself that I liked it because I it had been 12 years since the last one had come out and just being like, yeah, it must have been great. And then as time went on, thinking about it, like that doesn't really hold up. And then watching them continually try to reboot the franchise and give it juice and recapture that magic of the first two and never being able to do it. I think most recently the movie that came out in 2019 Terminator Dark Fate is probably the closest that they've come uh, that it's actually like okay to decent, but still it is like well past the time that the franchise should die. I forgot Uh, that 2019 was like, I forgot there was a, there was one in 2019. Yeah. There sure was. Or and I guess 2019 back, just seems so long ago. I know. It really does seem like forever ago. But yeah, they brought back Linda Hamilton, who was a star of Terminator 2, uh, brought her back to the franchise for the first time. So that was a big deal. Um, they wiped out. They decided to ignore the third, fourth, and fifth movies and just make it a direct single, uh, sequel to Terminator 2 um, and really thought that it would, you know, kind of like inject new juice into it it's got pretty good action scenes pretty good movie but not anything where i'm like oh yeah i really consider this to be part of the same series um so yeah that's why i know that (laughs) uh steve what's your connection to the terminator franchise overall um i'm familiar like we've all seen the second I remember being scarred by the 3D movie at Universal Studios Hollywood, and I watched the pilot of the Sarah Connor Chronicles on Fox. Mm -hmm. So I'd say minimum. (laughs) I mean, I would say that by by seeing T2, you've seen what most people would consider to be like the only necessary viewing in the franchise. Yeah, that's how I felt like nothing ever. I never was like, oh, wow, another Terminator. Tell me more. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gangs, all that go on. (laughs) And I did like the TV show. Yeah, my connection is (laughs) I see. I never saw the TV show. I feel like I seen one and two and it was forever ago. Um I saw that the universal stage thing, which is very funny to me. And uh, apart from that, so so like I have a very cursory knowledge of what the universe is and, you know, having seen the first couple movies. But apart from that, the fact that it like keeps going, once I started thinking about it, I was like, why does it keep going? Obviously, because they want to print money. But beyond that, like logically, I was like, why do they want to keep remaking these? So let's start with that first one. Um, Charlie, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on like, okay, this is where it starts and this is what they got right. And if they had left it alone, it'd be fine. Sure. So Terminator 1 is like a really, really simple movie in concept. Basically, it's 1984. And the machines from the future send back a Terminator to kill Sarah Connor. She's a waitress in Los Angeles. They, uh, he has to use the phone book <laughs> to find out all the Sarah Connors that live in the area. And he goes and he just starts killing them one by one because he's not exactly sure which one it is. 
Meanwhile, the human resistance has sent back Kyle Reese to defend Sarah Connor to ensure that John Connor will be born, therefore growing up to lead the human resistance. And it's basically just a cat and mouse movie. He uh, And it is really tense in the sense that both Kyle Reese, the human, and Sarah Connor are both extremely vulnerable. She's not the woman that she is in T2. She's not beefed up. She is just an everyday, like, working waitress. And Kyle Reese is a human who is trained in weapons and things like that, but compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who at the time was massive um, and, you know, very imposing and threatening, it's a thing in which they're basically constantly under assault and, like, one false move and they're dead. Then Sarah Connor, in the course of this thing, develops feelings for Kyle Reese. They have sex. Kyle Reese is then killed. Sarah then finds out she's pregnant. So it turns out that it's kind of in the sense that, like, Kyle Reese is John Connor's father. So him being sent back ensured that John Connor would be born because Sarah ends up killing the Terminator. Therefore, if Kyle had never been sent back, there would be no John, etc. So that's the end of the first movie. Is it's just like she's pregnant, she's going off, and she's basically going to prepare for the coming Judgment Day. Everything is coming towards Judgment Day. Judgment Day is when this artificial intelligence called Skynet, which is uh, a system that is meant to connect de- defense computers around the world, becomes self-aware and infects the entire network, launches every nuclear missile in the world, and then blows up the world, leading into this post-apocalypse in which machines then hunt humans. <laughs> so that's the first movie. Then, right. Okay. <laughs> yes. So then the second movie... So- <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Okay, so the second I'm, I'm movie, following. Yeah, I'm, so in I'm the on, second I get movie, it. <laughs> it is now 10 years later. Uh, I don't understand why the machines wouldn't just, like, spam Terminators back in time to just, like, ensure that she's wiped out. But they wait 10 years to try again. So they wait 10 years. John is now 10 years old. You know what? Like, James old. Cameron and Avatar, you gotta wait for the technology to You gotta wait to for the available. tech to catch up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So they... It's 10 years later, John is a 10-year-old boy, and he is living with foster parents because Sarah, uh, who has been preparing for this coming apocalypse, has been remanded to an institution because she's always talking about the Terminators, and everyone's like, there's no such thing as Terminators. That's crazy. So she's in an institution. So then, now, uh, a Terminator is sent back to... Uh, hunt and kill John Connor and a another Terminator is sent back by the good guys reprogrammed and so now Arnold in the second movie is a good guy and he's sent back to protect John Connor John basically can tell like because he was this person was reprogrammed and sent back in time by John John is able to tell this Terminator to do whatever he wants so he's like we got to go bust my mom out of this institution when the mom gets out she's like we have got to go and kill the guy who's going to create Skynet. And essentially what we find out is at the end of the movie, when Sarah Connor crushed the Terminator in this like compactor, what was left over was a microchip. microchip. That chip was found. And then this research company, this Silicon Valley type research company called Cyberdyne System is now using that to create the technology which will create Skynet. So they're like, we got to kill and we got to destroy that technology so that Skynet can never be created. 
So they go to try to kill him. And instead of killing him, he says, wow, if that's what's going to happen in the future, I'm going to help you destroy everything. So they go to Cyberdyne Systems, huge showdown with the bad Terminator, and they end up blowing everything up and destroying the chipset. And then uh, there's a huge confrontation at the end. They defeat the bad Terminator. And then Arnold says, there's one more chip we have to destroy, my own. He lowers himself into the, uh, like, I guess I, I want to call it lava, but it's like molten whatever uh, that they use to melt down metal parts, melts everything down. So then everything is wrapped up in a bow. There's no chips. There's no Cyberdyne system. There's no Skynet. They've prevented Judgment Day. And that would be the end of the franchise. Clean, okay. simple, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, so because, we well, I mean, once you start to get into the, uh, the timeline, of all the movies. Right. That's what, I mean, we can get into that more a little bit later, but like, you know, my big question is like, what counts anymore? Because it's like the, 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 the normal timeline that you're talking about from one to two, that's the one that makes sense. And there's right. stuff that's planted and stuff that pays off. Uh, then once you throw in the TV show and the uh, Terminator three and Terminator salvation, and then this whatever Genesis is Genesis, and yeah. the weird spelling that bothers me of Genesis. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the timeline uh, gets completely and totally bonkers. Also, like, not all of the films are connected to each other. Right, which so, then creates even more confusion because it's like, at least with a lot of, for all its flaws, the uh, the Star Wars prequels the originals and the the new trilogy i guess they are trying to connect kind yeah. of like yeah. they're trying to set stuff up when they go backwards and go it's supposed to be a continuing story yeah right versus this is just insanity should we move on to t3 we should move on to t3 okay. so rise of the machines this yes so this is what uh 12 years later this movie yes. comes out so okay. this one's 12 years later uh in t and it is taking place in 2004 and it essentially like so sarah connor at this point is dead she died of cancer from smoking <laughs> um and what they no. just couldn't get they didn't bring linda hamilton back so they just like said she was dead yeah uh, but, but like that's the one that they came up with not like she had to deal with all this like possible apocalypse stuff or you know nope just cancer <laughs> from smoking so so she's out. Uh, uh -huh. They've also this was also Edward Furlong who had played uh, John Connor in T two had gone through his own personal troubles, so he was recast uh, with Nick Stahl, and it is in L A again. And they send back a uh, a Terminator who's played by Kristana Loken, uh, who was a supermodel at the time, and basically like the. Terminators have decided to now start going after uh, the not only John, but also the leaders of the resistance who are now teenagers. So they're basically like he's like going around to or she's going around to high school parties and like shooting people at high school parties and yeah, like taking people out and then eventually trying to take out John uh, and his wife. Uh, his future wife, who was played by Claire Danes in the movie, whose name is Catherine Brewster. <laughs> and so 
you get to hear Arnold say Catherine Brewster is leader of the resistance so many times throughout the movie. So now, like, even though they wiped everything out, basically the justification for this movie is Arnold saying, you did not prevent judgment. Judgment day is inevitable. You just delayed it. So now (laughs) it's just like, oh, okay. So it's just going to happen anyway. So nothing mattered in T1 and T2. Like anything they did actually doesn't matter because no matter what, there's going to be some new world ending apocalypse thing. that God, I feel that. I feel that. I know. They didn't even know it was coming. (laughs) 20 years later. (laughs) So, yeah. So then now Skynet is back and the U.S. uh, like Department of Defense has now installed it on on all its computers. It gets a virus. And so they take it offline in order to solve the virus. But then they realize, oh, if we turn it back online, it will actually wipe the virus out itself because it's able to do that. But uh, 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 when they turn it on. It turns on all the machines. The machines start killing everybody. And so the showdown in this particular is the fact that, yes, they have to fight this Terminator, but also they have to get to Cheyenne, Wyoming. There's this military base that is built into a mountain, and they have to go in there and shut down Skynet from there. But when they get in there, it turns out that the Terminator, the good Terminator, tricked them, and it's actually just a bunker because no matter what, they weren't able to stop Judgment Day. So at the end of Terminator 3, uh, John Connor and Catherine Brewster are in this bunker in Cheyenne, Wyoming, while every nuke in the entire world launches. Judgment Day happens. The movie ends with the world being wiped out, except for, you know, like, and so ushering in this post-apocalypse that every movie has in its, like, prologue. Every prologue of a Terminator movie takes place in the future when like humanity is being hunted by the machines and so this has been ushered in a real bookend if you will yes yeah so so what so why <laughs> that's my big question i guess uh, let me rephrase this okay so how do you feel charlie about them having to sort of justify their existence for like yes actually guess what nothing matters all that stuff that you did in the first two throw it out the window like where do you stand with that do you feel okay with it or are you just like perpetual? no i think i think what it's a bummer because it like i've always you know i've thought a lot about why the any movie after two doesn't work and i think it's because you like you build so much into like we have to do this or humanity will be doomed and once we do it, it's this huge like sigh of relief. It's like in Avengers Infinity War Endgame. You build this whole thing to this confrontation with Thanos. It ends, and then they're like, okay, so now another villain's going to come in. And like that was so much. It's like hard to it's hard to get have the stakes be that high, overcome them, and then and then have another movie where it's like, okay, so it's the same stakes again, and we got to do that again. And then the next, you know, like it just continually having to find ways to milk essentially the the expanded lore of the franchise, which is like, oh, let's see more robots. Let's see more of the future stuff, which is when we get into Terminator Salvation, that takes place entirely in the future. And so they're like, oh, let's see what that world looks like. And then for Terminator 5, they're like, let's pretend like t2 didn't even happen so terminator genesis is technically supposed to be a sequel to terminator one and then 
uh, Terminator Dark Fate is supposed to be a sequel to Terminator 2. So they they obviously are not continuing this franchise. Like they're they're re- they're trying to reboot it every movie and being like, okay, that didn't work, that didn't work. They also dipped into PG-13 for two movies, so it was like a pretty it was like an R-rated action film for the first three movies. Terminator Salvation and Terminator Genesis are both rated PG-13, really toned down on on the violence, turned down on a lot of that stuff, um, kind of like neutered what people really liked about the franchise. So Terminator Dark Fate is supposed to be this return to this R-rated thing, but at the same time, you have the problem of like, all right, let's, yeah, let's send someone back from the future again, and then... <laughs> So, so confusing. I know this is like the Halloween. This is I mean, we had an episode about the Halloween continuity and this is this is crazier than that. So, yeah, in 2015, Terminator Genesis ignores Terminator 2. Yes. And is a direct sequel to Terminator. And then a couple years later, Dark Fate is a direct sequel to 2. So that means that Dark Fate is ignoring ignoring Genesis is ignoring Genesis and salvation and salvation and, Terminator 3. and three and the sarah connor chronicles um which are kind of a side thing anyway but they they're the sarah connor chronicles are supposed to be like the next chapter after terminator 3 so they're supposed to be canonically in the terminator 3 like right that in the one two three timeline so there's um, there's one two three yeah uh, one two three sarah connor chronicles one two three four one five one five and then one, one two, two six. six yes okay and what? like yes and what? like they keep having to justify because really what they've realized especially without james cameron you don't have the terminator without arnold schwarzenegger so they keep having to find ways to incorporate him into the film and i'm not joking in terminator genesis he went back in time to before like when sarah connor was a little girl and her parents are murdered in front of her and he rescues her and he raises her and so she calls him pops in the movie because the terminator is her father and so when kyle reese goes back in time and like wants to date sarah connor who is now played by amelia clark from game of thrones and he wants to date her pop is like Mm-mm, like i'm a terminator like i like it's like played for laughs like oh he's a t- you think dads are tough this one this dad's a terminator so he's called pops then in terminator dark fate arnold is in that movie as well and it turns out that so just to let you know in dark uh, at the end of t2 they they prevent judgment day sarah and john go off to mexico um and in the very beginning of dark fate they're at a bar in mexico it's like directly after the end of of terminator 2 and uh, a arnold looking terminator walks up and shoots john connor with a shotgun and kills him like minute two of the movie so everything they did in terminator 2 is like wiped out so then sarah now has been for 30 years going and hunting down terminators who have been sent back in time to to as like revenge whereas arnold 
this Terminator that killed John Connor because he can't go back to the future because Skynet has been wiped out. They did actually wipe him out. He can't go back for 30 years has been running a drapery company in which he like hangs curtains for people has changed his name to oh. Carl. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We need to pause <laughs> for just a moment because I need to know what, what entails running a drapery business. He installs drapes, and That's he is it? the owner of the company who That's installs it? drapes. That's yes. all he does. Yes, he lives anyone, in a in a modest can... c- cabin, and he has a. It's not. He's not like married, but he lives with a woman and her daughter and protects them. And for thirty years, who do not know he's a Terminator, first of all, and for thirty years, he says. How do I, they? I, I not... wrote it down. No. I wrote it down. What he says because he doesn't have to do any terminating, and so he says. <laughs> When there were no more orders, I spent the last 20 years learning how to become more human. He essentially develops a conscience, and you like said it earlier, and I didn't want to blow this, but in this movie, he says, it was wrong of me to kill John, and so now I am going to protect you. And he is, and again, they throughout this entire movie, they call him Carl. <laughs> no, they... <laughs> they call him Carl, yes. <laughs> Carl the Terminator. And he is now has to protect this woman. So they find a pregnant woman. So you think it's like a soft reboot of the Sarah Connor thing. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we have to protect because your baby is going to defend the resistance. But no, it turns out it's not her baby that's going to do it. It's her. And so, um, yeah. And so that, that, but yes, it, Carl, the drapery hanging Terminator. That's <laughs> 30 years and developing a conscience. I'm sorry. I have to laugh. What? Yeah. Who how do you pe- mess that up? Like, yeah, you, you are describing so what would be, to me, the most, could be the most entertaining uh, movie of the franchise. Which it is, takes itself too seriously, yeah. which is the problem with it. It doesn't, it like, play. there's a couple of moments where it plays for laughs, where it's like, what have you, like, uh, it, there's like one scene in which, like, you see him giving, like, an extended exp- explanation of, like, how he interfaces with customers and hangs the drapes and stuff. And you're like, haha, but everyone is like so serious and so somber that it, it like gets like a mild chuckle, but like, it doesn't seem like a thing that's in a giant blockbuster movie starring one of the world's most recognizable stars who has a stake in the planet Hollywood uh, restaurant franchise. Like it just doesn't Carl, the drape hanging terminator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the reason why the Arnold character works in T2 so well is because, like, John didn't grow up with a father. And so when this Terminator comes back in time and it's like, it has no emotions, it has no anything, it, like, basically can just, like, take in information and process it. But John, like, develops an attachment to it. So he he knows he can, like, tell it what to do, and it'll never leave him, it'll never protect him. There's a scene in which Sarah Connor gives, like, a, a monologue over shots of John Connor, like, basically, like, playing with the Terminator. It's like, this thing will never hit him, it'll never hit him, it'll protect him, it'll die for him. And it'll never abandon him, which is something that, like, no man has ever been able to give him. And that, like, that works because you're just like, okay, he basically, like, thinks of the ter- he thinks of the Terminator as his father figure. But, like, the Terminator is dead within, you know, like, 
a week, uh, you know, three or four days of this moment happening. So it's not right. a thing where he's going to be raised by the Terminator and call it Pops and have it like meet his boyfriends and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking now about all the life moments that Carl, the drape hanging Terminator, uh, decided to go through willingly, like. Like his kid coming home from school, like, I don't know, fourth grade and just being like, I don't I don't want to do math and like stomping off like you volunteer to see for all of that stuff. You, you like like the part where the kid is just like, I want this video game. And he's like, no, you cannot have it. Oh, I want it. And just like screaming yeah. and fighting. Like, I'm just thinking of every landmark. There's just moment. no way. <laughs> like, there's just no way it would ever happen. And it, hanging yeah. drapes for a yes. living. And that's it. I didn't even know that was a job. I didn't even know that was a company you could have. I, I Somebody's own- got to <laughs> install your drapes. I, I install just... <laughs> drapes for a living. The end. No, no, you can install drapes on your own, can't you? I mean, I guess unless they're very, very heavy in some sort of mansion situation, but like generally Yeah, I speaking, think there's some drapes you couldn't do on your own, but I don't think you'd need a Terminator for them. Yeah, no. and like, do, do you think there's just a moment in Carl the Terminator's life where he was like, we should consider expanding the business to rugs? Like, no. this big back and forth for like two years where he's getting ready to launch a, like a rug More website. Locations. yeah. And then, do do and I need to drive the through. truck every day or do I hire people to do that for me? Like, yeah. logistics? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just going through, figuring out, like, okay, do we have the money to upgrade our, our employees' health care this year? Are we going to have to keep it on this lower-end one? Yeah. Like, what were the holiday office parties like? I have so many questions, Charlie. So many I know. questions. It's so odd. And we haven't even talked about the fourth movie in the franchise, which is, like, the it's the odd duck, even though they're all, <laughs> they're all kind of odd. But the fourth movie is a movie called Terminator Salvation, which is directed by Mick G. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it is famous for being the set in which Christian Bale, infamous recorded, yes. like, rage-filled thing about his lights being, <laughs> walking, someone walking in front of his lights. And uh, it takes place, like I said, entirely in the post-apocalypse timeline um and in this one this is the only movie in which arnold is not in it except they were able to basically get his likeness and put it onto like cgi it onto a model and this was like 2008 where the technology wasn't like too great yet so it's like it looks a little janky but it's like and it's only like a, a cameo moment but it's the only film in the franchise that arnold is not in um and in this one Basically, they've taken death row inmates and then put the Terminator consciousness inside of the death row inmates, but subconsciously so that they don't know that they are Terminators, that they're part machine. And basically, like, they send them out on their way and basically, like, to try to infiltrate human, like, resistance encampments and then basically report back to come and, like, kill people. So... It's like a whole thing. It's like this was when uh, Sam Worthington, uh, he is the the star of this particular film when he was in movies for a while, like Avatar, which we talked about. Anton Yelchin plays the Kyle Reese character. 
Um, but he's a little boy because Kyle Reese, as we know, is someone from the future who comes back in time. So he's in it. He's like, you know, he, he was, you know, 15 or 16 supposed to be at the time. And it's like really like like it doesn't follow any of the timeline like it doesn't follow any of the conventions of the series because of the fact that it's all taking place afterwards it's a pretty standard like action movie um that is supposed to look like a black hawk down style it's really desaturated like gray tones that were big back in like the mid 2000s for that type of movie and it adds nothing like you don't you aren't you it doesn't end and you don't go like oh boy i really want to know more about that and uh yeah and then after that it took them seven more years because i think they wanted to make more after salvation but salvation didn't do very well and then it took them seven years so then they came up with genesis which him raising the girl is like not the craziest part of that movie <laughs> there's crazier stuff yeah, going back for just a second on Salvation. Sure. So, my, I guess my big question is, what side is Cyberdyne and Skydyne? Like, what, what the people that work for that company, like, what side are they on? Are they on the robot side? Are they on human once, side? Once, once the future happens, there are no humans in Cyber Cyberdyne or Skynet. So, like, right. basically, like, it's completely self-aware, autonomous. It's running its own factories. It's running its own research divisions, all, all in AI. But the people who are making it in the present-day timeline, they are trying to do something good. So that's okay. the whole thing is it's mankind's folly type thing. So it's like we're trying to make this system that will automate defense systems to make it so that we don't need a human who's pushing the buttons all the time. And then our technology comes back to bite us in the butt. So, sure. yeah, they're okay. like, if they, if anything, they're like, you know, like they're capitalists. So they're villains in that particular aspect. But they're not like they're not doing it for what they feel is nefarious means. Right. Uh, yeah. OK. Just because the more we get into the, the alternate timeline slash like as they go back and try to make it a sequel to Blake, it just becomes more and more like, well, wait, if we started with they screwed up and now we got it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, it's just, it's, yeah, it gets convoluted. It's all, it's really convoluted, especially I'm that, saying. that fifth movie. Um, because they go back to several different timelines. Arnold again is like, he goes back. He never died in 1984 or he like, they send him back to kill the first Terminator. So, so there's an opening scene from, uh, the first Terminator movie that's kind of iconic in which um, at the Griffith Observatory, there's some like skater punks led by Bill Pullman who or sorry, Bill Paxton, who uh, basically encounter the Terminator for the first time and mm -hmm. they give him lip and he sticks his hand in and pulls out one of their hearts and like kills them all. And so uh, then he heads off, takes their leather jacket, their bike and then goes and basically starts his like spree in the fifth movie, you have a repeat of that sequence in which this is happening, but before that Terminator can kill these guys, the Arnold Terminator, like the current day Arnold, is sent was sent back in time to kill that Terminator. He comes up and kills that Terminator and then basically just like waits for like 30 years for them to need him again. <laughs> and then you know then he rejoins the fight so that's how they justify arnold looking old <laughs> it's like every time they have to be like okay he's like 
so old now. So like we have to figure out why like you know, and and then whenever someone's like, "Hey, why do you age?" It's like, oh, I mean, it's skin. You know, they put skin on top of me, so <laughs> skin gets old. Yeah, they made the skin um, melt as it got older, so yeah. that it would be realistic. <laughs> I mean, is it worth uh, it? Do we need to see Arnold terminate again so bad? that we need to keep trying to figure out no. how to make it work no. is any does any but like i mean clearly not because since terminator 3 nothing has been successful enough where they've been like let's stick with this narrative right and i think that's the thing is they like the idea of the franchise and like everyone is trying to recapture the magic of terminator 2 because terminator 2 was you know for a time the most successful film of all time and then it was unseated by titanic which was then unseated by avatar so it's like james cameron had three of the most you know successful films of all time now it's been you know avatar has been unseated by this point and and as movie making has gotten more expensive box numbers have grown such but but at the time he just like couldn't miss and so once he and i think he really tried to make t3 work for a really long time and then eventually was just like i like the story's done i can't find a way that makes sense and so then when he left he basically just like stays on ex as executive producer and that just means he gets money from it he has no creative input or anything and he like they've now used a different director every time to try to make it happen um and it doesn't like it you know like there are moments because like the concept is kind of cool where you're like okay yeah we got robots and we got we can do this stuff with it but at the same time it's just like it's so hard to care at this point because as you said nadia like nothing matters at this point nothing counts like if nothing, they win and nothing at this point won. counts yeah nothing at all Hannah, helena bonham carter is in this is in salvation she's in salvation yeah because Tim Burton, whom she was with at the time, is a big fan. Like, nothing matters. Common is in this movie. Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard is Kate Connor. Like, because Claire is just like, nah, I'm, not, I'm checked yeah, out. And she's she, Catherine and Kate, Brewster. And Kate, <laughs> Catherine Brewster was a veterinarian, and then she's a physician, which is two totally different kinds of doctors. Yeah. Again, like, something I would love a movie about. <laughs> Is how somebody goes, like, how Kate Brewster was like, you know what? I love working on these animals so much, but I'm ready to go back to the very beginning and learn how to do it with humans. <laughs> there's just, there's so much happening in this film that just feels like, at, you know how, like, you look at films from... Uh, there, there's a tired in Hollywood and the music industry and just entertainment in general where it's like the the prevailing factor of all was cocaine. Cocaine right. everywhere, cocaine for everybody. And I feel that way about a lot of movies that came out between 2005 and 2010. There's like a five-year period where I feel like cocaine must have been back in, back in business, baby, because this is one of those times where I'm like, what is this movie supposed to be? Yeah, it's a it's a really it's a you know, it's kind of a it's a colossal misstep, but they've all been colossal missteps, really, except for this most recent one, which despite having Arnold as the owner of a drapery company is like <laughs> the most decent of all of the movies that have come after. Like it is one in which like it it's directed by Tim Miller, who directed both Deadpool movies, both of which were highly success successful. 
And so, you know, then they were like, we can make it R-rated again. Well, it'll essentially be another soft reboot of the franchise. It's a it's a passable, competent movie. It's not like mind-numbingly stupid other than when you think about really the concepts, but it's not one in which you walk away going like, that really sucked, but you also didn't walk away going like, I got to see more, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I think when the first movie came out in 1984, like, computers were a relatively new thing and like there was this talk about the fact that's like oh as we start getting into things like the internet and connected machines there is something to worry about in that capacity but then as technology went on and we eventually got to that point they had to find new ways to like make people because people aren't going to be afraid of it anymore at the time people were like oh my god this thing that comes back and just like wants to kill you and because it's assuring this nuclear destruction i think terminator 2 really like scared a lot of people because it has some very visceral like nuclear war scenes in it yeah absolutely the violence is visceral plus there's like scenes in which there's a scene in which sarah connor keeps having a dream where she's standing on the other side of a fence and watching herself play with her son on the playground and then a nuke goes off and it melts all of her skin off and turns her into a skeleton there and it's like it's like pretty graphic and scary and so people were like holy shit if we don't do this like the world is going to end and then afterwards every time it's like if we don't do this the world is going to end actually that's the way you thought you remember you thought that you prevented the apocalypse before you didn't you delayed it so now we got to prevent that apocalypse and then i think at a certain point you would just be like i think we got to just let this thing come and then when it comes, then you have that one movie that takes place afterwards, and everyone's like, ah, I mean, we didn't really mean that. <laughs> so, take me. Take yeah. me. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Between Genesis and Dark Fate, it does seem like, I wouldn't say it goes even more off the rails as uh, compared to what's already been happening as much as it is just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Because and now we've got this whole Legion thing. So basically, yeah. So Legion is essentially like it is the same thing in which like they did wipe out Skynet. They were successful at the end of Terminator 2. And this movie acknowledges that. And then they're like, now there's another computer system. This one's called Legion. And it does the exact same thing. Oh. <laughs> it does the exact same thing. Like, there's no difference between it and Skynet whatsoever. So it's like, yeah, because they even say, like, I thought we wiped out Skynet. It was like, well, now there's Legion. It's like, okay, <laughs> we got to wipe out this computer, too. So it's, I mean, I'm fine it, with plot holes. I'm fine with drapes. Yeah. But I draw <laughs> the line at just when I'm seeing a movie and, like, the overall message is, the creators of this movie think I'm stupid. Yeah. Uh, And and that's the biggest offense to me is like, you know, you can be dumb. You can be like set out to be what you're supposed to be and have fun with it. And I'm fine with that. But when you think I'm just going to go along because I'm stupid, I get offended. Yeah. So that's just my hot take. No, it's, it's a, there's got to be a new way to tell this story either. I don't know if it's a complete retelling. I don't know if it's just like we've we've seen what happens. We've seen it so that as to Charlie's point, uh, the more times you try to go, well, actually, this time it's the same thing, but different. Like we just stop caring. So, I mean, what could be done to make the Terminator franchise actually work at this point? Or is it just stop, stop everything? Stop. Yeah. Just stop, cut, the, cut it out? The problem is, is that, is that like Terminator is 
an event based like it is all centered around an event and once you have either prevented that event or gotten to it the franchise needs to end where i was thinking about like other film franchises that have six films like i think about mission impossible where each one of those because it's episodic storytelling in the sense they're all like pretty much disconnected from each other except for the central character and a few characters that hold over and each of those like you know with varying degrees of quality but by the time we get to the sixth film in the franchise it's a fantastic film and you don't feel like oh another one of these you're actually like oh yeah i would definitely watch like three or four more of these as long as like the same team keeps making it and i think that like terminator 2 was essentially like the heightened it was like the conclusion of a trilogy just happened to be the second movie so it's like epic Mm -hmm. in scale epic in scope it it has like still the best action in the franchise because it was like it was in the infancy of cgi and so they used it so sparingly that it like actually like still when you watch it you go like that actually doesn't look half bad whereas like the other movies after that they were like we have computers now we can do so much more and it looks worse because like the CGI, they still haven't figured out how to make things seem heavy with CGI. So a lot of times like, yeah, they just kind of like fly around and like, don't feel like they have any weight to them. And these are supposed to be like, like two ton, three ton killing machines. Yeah, and T two when he's like melting up and down out of the ground, like that's terrifying. And then when you watch stuff now, you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah. And in, cool. I mean, in Genesis, we haven't even talked about it, but so John Connor, everything's about John Connor up until this most recent movie. So in the future, a Terminator posing as a human infiltrates uh, the human resistance where John Connor is, kills John Connor, turns him into a Terminator and sends him back in time and so he's he's sent back in time to kill his mom sarah connor so now the character the person playing matt smith is is the actor's name playing john connor is sent back in time to kill sarah connor so now john connor's the bad guy in the movie you're you're trying to break my brain i know you are trying to break my brain i've been doing really well at this um, but I do have to ask, which one is this again? <laughs> this is Genesis. Okay. This is five. Yeah. Right. Uh, I get, yes. I, I'm so stupid, but I get to Genesis <laughs> and Dark Fate confused. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I it, mean, Steve, how could you, given <laughs> how clear and concise I know and they well really plotted. do. A, they do a really clean job with the chronology. Yeah, so uh-huh. I, it's hard. It's hard to know which one John Connor's bad in versus you know. Which I think one the way to remember it is in. the the way I'm going to remember it is Jenna Simmons because J.K. Simmons is in it, and I mean, the yeah. way I'll remember yes, dark is. and the way I'll remember Dark Fate is Dark Fate long because. There's they, a CGI Edward Furlong in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, these are the easiest ways to remember these films, obviously. I mean, uh, so I also would love to, them. to give you the bullet point on some notable plot points from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Because Absolutely. Because it's pretty funny as well. Please. I know who one of the villains is. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, garbage front woman Shirley Manson has like a prominent role. Oh, yes. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> I knew Nadi would like that. 
What? Steve, you can't <laughs> leave that for this late in the episode. Yeah, I don't remember anything that. except like knowing I saw a commercial and had to like, it was early on in like TiVo and having, yeah. early on in my life of having TiVo, I should say. Um, and uh, I remember having to like do the little boop boop rewind 15 seconds because I was like, <laughs> is that Shirley Manson? <laughs> it yep. is. And Sarah She's Connor there. is played by Lena Headey. Uh, of Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones, and uh, and then the Terminator, the good protecting Terminator, is played by Summer Glock from Firefly. Yeah, I suppose you could just say that in that timeline, they're only happy when it rains. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah, so, back with me. So in this particular timeline, in the Sarah Connor Chronicles timeline, a mm-hmm. young intern at cyberdyne systems which creates skynet continues miles dyson who had been killed in t2 continues his work by creating an artificial chess playing prototype called the turk so the turk is uh one day going to become they think that's going to become skynet so they're like we got to find him and kill him so then kyle reese's older brother derek who is played by brian austin green mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, then kills this uh, intern uh, who is creating this chess playing prototype. But the chess playing prototype is still out there. So then Skynet sends a machine back pretending to be human to be the head of the tech corporation. I believe this is Shirley Manson, uh, Cath- Catherine Weaver, who's the head of a corporation who gets the Turk technology and decides to continue it under the name Babylon. She is a robot, by the way. So she is the robot CEO of a company. But we also know they can run drape companies, so I guess it's not too far-fetched. So then, Girl power. Yep. <laughs> the Turk, they say that the Turk d- displays uh, traits of intelligence that are like a child that has become bored. So it's learning at a massive rate, and it's also bored because it's not getting new information fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so once the good guys kill the Terminator that had been sent back to to kill the bad people, the evil corporation then installs the Turk inside that Terminator's body. But then we find out that the Turk is actually a benevolent AI that is trying to stop Skynet. And then Skynet has been sending Terminators throughout time through the different periods. There's like several episodes in which they're time traveling to like 13 different years to kill the Terminators that are going back to kill leaders of the resistance. And then the show is canceled. So we never found out what happened. (laughs) Ah, so I got to know how that robot runs her lady business. I know. I want to, I want to see the lady robot at the, uh, like women's empowerment conference talking about what it's like to be a lady robot CEO. Yeah. I want to see the lady robot team up with Brene Brown to talk about vulnerability and strength together as, uh, as, as she kind of seems like more of a Sheryl Sandberg. Definitely. That's why I wanted to pair. I wanted (laughs) the yin to the yang. Oh, the yin and yang. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Okay. She's definitely a Sheryl Sandberg, which yes. is why I don't want those two together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, um, man. Okay, so that then that is on its entirely different timeline. Totally the TV different. show. It's just to- absolutely different. Doesn't not, Nothing totally matters. It's like they're still on the run in this yeah. timeline. I think at and- this point they had kind of decided, I think Fox had decided after salvation like let's not do any more movies 
Like, yeah. And Salvation, they felt was safe because it was in the future. So anything they did in this wasn't going to mess any of that up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just like, so they were just like, okay, we can just like do whatever. And then when it was canceled, like midway through its second season, they were like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were going to do a Salvation trilogy. And uh, the guy who co wrote the first two films had like a, a potential Terminator 5 and Terminator 6 that were going to follow the events from Salvation. Then we're going to do a Genesis trilogy where they were going to pair up uh, the stuff that would, you know, it would be Terminator 1, not Terminator 5. And they were tentatively known as Terminator 2 and Terminator 3, despite the fact that we already have a Terminator 2 and a Terminator 3. Um, And they were going to be shot back to back. And then that got put on pause, I believe. And then they were going to have a Terminator Genesis connected to the TV series. And then that got shelved. And then there was going to be a Dark Fate trilogy um, where they had like the storylines <laughs> planned out for each film and uh, Schwarzenegger and Cameron were going to be working together again. And then I d- d- nobody knows what happened there either. Uh, I don't think the film did very well. I think yeah. that's part of it as I just think it just didn't make very much money. And I think they were finally like, I don't know if people... Because I don't think Arnold has not had a hit since he returned to make movies after leaving the governor's office like Mm -hmm. he's been in several films uh, after that and i don't think any of them have been successful yeah yeah it was an underwhelming performance i know why i know why it's because i remember an interview a long time ago where he had said on like a talk show that his mom doesn't want him to make any more terminators she really wants a kindergarten cop too so it seems pretty clear to me that because he hasn't made Kindergarten Cop 2, he's doomed to repeat the failure. Yeah, Yeah, he's cursed to make (laughs) bad Terminator movies. If he would just give us that Kindergarten Cop 2 that we're all clamoring for, then the curse would be lifted and he could, you know. Yeah, Arnold, come on. Give us us Kindergarten Cop 2. It is one of those typical mom curses. Yeah, it's just another, it's just your average mom curse. Yeah. (laughs) If I had known that, that that explains so much of why these movies are so convoluted. I know. Um, yeah, because. <laughs> well, and it's also like I. I this Ugh. is some. This is another you know criticism that I have of of another franchise, which is often spoken of in the same breath. But like Alien, the Alien franchise has a similar thing in which like it has to use its lore to justify continuing because like. The first two movies, the first one was like one alien, bunch of people. It's basically like, you know, Friday the 13th on a spaceship. It's a mm-hmm. slasher movie on a spaceship. Second one is Marines versus aliens. So there's a ton of aliens, but a ton of Marines with guns and happens to work, you know, just as well. Some people like the second one better. They're both great films. And then after that, they're like, okay, what else can we do? And then so eventually it becomes more about the corporation, Wayland yutani Corporation. It's like all their stuff. And then eventually it's like, where did the aliens come from? What is this? And it's like, nobody cares. We just want to see the aliens versus the people. And that's it. And like, so they just like are just milking it and keep trying to find ways. And they keep bringing like Ridley Scott back and being like, well, he can do it. And then he hasn't made a good one since. And so, um, that's the same thing that's happening here is they're like, oh, Skynet is the answer. If we can make Skynet more interesting and scary when it's like, no, 
people watch it because of the robot stuff <laughs> like the robots versus the people that's all they watch it for and once no, you no, like, no. surely they're watching it because of the futuristic corporate yeah. shenanigans they've that all are got happening. whiteboards where they're writing down the timelines and being like okay so <laughs> in 1973 sarah connor four years people old. care about what happened in the past and what's going to happen. People care about the construct of time more than they care about the robot guy shooting people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Somebody That's- walked in one day and they were like, I've got it. Everybody, close your notebooks. It's solved. Drapes. He's a drape he guy. Sells <laughs> drapes. <laughs> and then and then he put down lunch and then he said, You're welcome. And then they're like, Who was that guy? I would say that the- this isn't even what I ordered. The Terminator franchise is not unlike the uh, steampunk land in Six Flags. It's <laughs> what the past would look like if the future had happened sooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's um, that's like major Epcot vibes, too. Yeah, <laughs> that is the, the sign that displays as you walk into the steampunk world at Six Flags is that phrase, <laughs> what the past would look like if the future had happened sooner. <laughs> that's pretty and good. And that's Terminator. I mean, I think like you hit the nail on the head by saying that these films fail to just why these films fail to justify their existence. And it's like it's right there. It shouldn't if you then there shouldn't be one. If you can't justify making another one beyond recognizable brand, then I don't know, maybe don't make another one or like, you know, make make a new Terminator still played by Arnold Schwarzenegger with a brand new timeline and brand new people. And it's just like, Oh, we had a duplicate. The factory yeah. made another one. So we get our Arnold, we get well, him the, shooting things up. That's the other thing I think I haven't mentioned that, but in every movie, Arnold is a different character. Mm. He's not the same Terminator. So- Right, so because they, from one to two, he goes from bad to good. Bad to bad to he's destroyed in one, so that one right. dies. Then they get another model because they all look like Arnold. They made all of the robots Austrian, um, <laughs> gave them Austrian accents, and then they send another one back. That one dies in T three. It's another one in T four. They find the factory that has a ton of Arnolds in there, and they have to fight one of those. Then in five, it's a different one, and in six, it's a different one. It's never the same character. So you're not even like you're getting the likeness in each one, but there's no connection. There's no like, oh, that lovable character Zach. You're like, wait, that's not the same guy. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, there's no like. I mean, in that case, it's almost like a Halloween kind of thing where it's like, all right, we wrapped up, you know, back then. Okay, we wrapped up Laurie Strode in two movies, and now we're going to do another. Well, then there was three, but then with like four, five, and six of Halloween, they're like, well, we're going to do a new. uh, We're going to bring back Michael Myers with kind of like a a new. We're we're done with Laurie Strode. Yeah. Um, And I feel like they could have benefited way back in three by being like, you know what? We've told the John Connor story. This is this is Terminator. This is the Terminator and, you know, I don't know, a little girl. That would be fun. I'd watch that movie. I'd watch the Annie. Terminator. Yeah. yeah. I'd watch Annie meets Terminator for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, there and there is there is a there is a version of that. There's a version of that movie that exists that is significantly better, but and it feels like Dark Fate was basically trying to be that movie, but Logan 
the Wolverine mm. movie is mm. essentially Logan is essentially like a Terminator because he's like almost impossible to kill because he has super healing and all this stuff and he's protecting this little girl who also has some of the same powers and it's emotional it's it's interesting it's got interesting world building in terms of like a near future um it has like all of the same elements it very much feels like especially dark fate which leans a lot more into like what i would say is like southwestern like it it feels like a western in the modern day like in the same way uh i think logan accomplishes that because of the fact that like you can tell a one-off individual story because the Wolverine lore is so expansive that you can really just tell any story and just have that character in it. Whereas like Terminator, it has to be, it can only exist in the guise of one robot protecting one person, one robot trying to kill another person. And there's a computer system that's trying to kill the world. Those are the, they, mm-hmm. you, you like have to have it in every movie. And so that's why they can't keep justifying it because it's like, God, oh, we got to do the computer thing again, right? Because there's nothing scarier than a computer system that's going to wipe out humanity. Like there's no heightening, right? Like it's like the stakes are always at a billion. And so from the second, first movie, you know, you knew that that was there. And then the second movie, it's like, oh, this thing is really going to happen. And then after that, it's like, well, actually this thing's going to happen again. This thing happened. Now we're going to go back and try to stop it from happening again. And it's just like, oh, man, like, it's just impossible to care because you're like, you you either know they're going to stop it or you know they won't. And either way, it doesn't matter. Because the characters are brand new and the actors are brand new most of the time. Like, they keep recasting everybody, too. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. The thing that I am mad at is that in creating Dark Fate, they apparently hired a bunch of novelists all older white men, all who seem to have a a heavy fedora collection, possibly. And then when they brought in a team of writers to write the script, they were all white dudes, all with their own collection of various hats that uh, one might uh, make fun of on the internet. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes down to it, James Cameron said that he and Tim Miller had a ton of disagreements. Uh... And among them was whether the human resistance would be winning or losing to Legion in the future. And Miller wanted the humans to lose. And Cameron said differently. And Miller was like, Legion is supposed to be powerful. So the only way to beat it is to go back in time. And uh, James Cameron was like, what's dramatic about the humans losing? And they said, well, what's dramatic about the humans winning? And they just need to keep on winning. Uh, And to all of that, I say, why couldn't you hire a a woman? (laughs) Yeah. A woman. Oh, singular woman at least in the room to maybe give it a little bit of uh humanity because I can't help but think like everything that we're talking about, I think the Logan comparison is really great. Giving the ter- gi- like to me what the Terminator future needs is a reboot in the emotionality of it all like the reason t2 works is as you pointed out this whole idea like he doesn't have a father figure so if we're going to keep having these terminators come back and save stuff like there needs to be bigger emotional stakes it should have been more like the logan yeah because there's no yes the logan uh because (laughs) there's no point to just retelling the same story over and over and over again and it just cracks me up that james cameron is sitting there going like yeah the humans should win and the other guy's like well wouldn't that be different if they weren't And he's like why yeah i totally agree with you on that um 
Dark Fate does an okay job in the emotionality department. Uh, it's hard to care just because of what's going on, but there is this character, which we haven't even mentioned yet, who is a half-human, half-cyborg member of the Resistance. She's the one who's sent back in time to protect this woman, Danny, and she's very much like kind of like the emotional grounding that like, you know, she's got a connection. She actually has the most like pathos in the entire movie. And I will say that like in terms of like, it's Sarah Connor, this woman, Danny, who's going to lead the resistance someday, and this Terminator, and Arnold is the foursome, so it's three women and a man, uh, which is definitely at least different than than what the franchise had done before. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that James Cameron, one thing he has always done is, as you know, with um, uh, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. and then plus with Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2, he really believes in like a really strong... Uh, heroine and so sarah connor is back and she's strong and she's badass and she does all this stuff and um you know it's good to see that role being revisited Uh, i don't know if linda hamilton i don't she hasn't done a ton of acting over the last few years so it's like she doesn't quite like i don't know if the you know the chops are as sharp as they were but like i think that it really that part of it works like the part of having you know this this group together um but absolutely like in terms of the writing in terms of the directing in terms of anything like it really should have been probably not handled by a bunch of white guys with hats i mean i I think it's also comes down to the fact that like they clearly it seems wanted to make a movie about grief because because john is dead and then like sarah connor's is kind of this like a killing machine or anything but you know just like that's sort of, I guess, where they're kind of going with it. Uh, on the other hand, it feels like, is that really, like, if you're going to do that, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a more nuanced version that builds to that, maybe. Yeah. That builds to the grief. So it's not just about, like, oh, let's let's do a grief journey, but Terminator, so much as, like, let's build to this grief and let's, like, lead in to what that could mean for later films so that it's an emotional trilogy it's an emotional journey that's like this core of it um similar to like i think with something like the mcu you look at maybe something like guarding the galaxy that's one that's got a one and a two and there's some emotional stuff in both one and two but like ultimately those even though they're popcorn films where it's like a bunch of bandits in space like they they there's this like nice build to it uh maybe that's not the best uh, no, comparison. no, you're absolutely right. Like, I think you can take any kind of silly, like, lore or something like that, and you build in an emotional journey worth investing in. This one, like, I think part of the problem is that, like, we don't get to see Sarah's, like, journey through her grief. Like, I mean, we see it manifested a little bit in the sense that she, like, really wants to kill this Terminator, even though he's a good guy now, and she's, like, doesn't want to be near it. She doesn't really want to be around it. Um, she like hates the thing, but we never really got to see her go through those like intervening 25 years in which she's been processing her grief by going around and basically assassinating all of these Terminators who were sent back in time. Instead, she kind of stumbles on the action in progress already. So uh, Mackenzie Jones and, and uh, Danny are, you know, running away from this Terminator and then Sarah Connor just happens to show up. Uh, because she's been coming to assassinate this Terminator, because that's what she does. And then she kind of joins their party. And, you know, 
it's 25 years later like not that grief goes away but we're not dealing with like a raw fresh wound at this point right i think that's maybe what it is it's like you didn't get to see the journey so therefore if you're going to give us a journey then give us a journey yeah don't just like cut it off at the knees and maybe that's where i'm going like hmm I think you guys might be making these movies incorrectly. I did want to just say real quick, because I didn't want to uh, make it seem like I don't think that Linda Hamilton is a good actor. She's totally fine in this. I think that it just has been, like, it's hard to to pick up the mantle of a character that you haven't visited in that long. And, like, she can still swing the gun around. She can still shoot everything. Like, all of that looks great. But it's just weird. It's hard to, like, take this much time and so publicly know that, like, you were essentially disassociated with this franchise and then bring it back and be like, oh, this is a direct sequel and there were three movies in between and like carry that. That's all. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I mean, she was, I think, on record of being like, you know, I'm just kind of living my life and like, do yeah. I want to suddenly give that up to do this? And then she was like, oh, what the hell? It seems seems to be the attitude. And so I think that, in no way with these films, for me, I think films and films like this, other notable, particularly action films, I think, where there's a franchise attached and it seems as if people are making it for the most cynical of reasons rather than the most artistic of reasons, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, we want to print um, a, a plane full of money versus like we want to make something that's good and hopefully that will print a plane full of money. I look at these films and I go, yeah, you got to rethink this from top to bottom or just leave it alone or just yeah. leave it alone. Like if you could, like, they brought you in and they said, Charlie, we've eliminated all the other white men, but you, um, <laughs> here's your hat. You can do with it what you want. Now, now that you're wearing your hat and you're seated at the table, what would you like to do with the Terminator franchise? And you have carte blanche for the afternoon to pitch whatever you want. What are you going to say to them? I think I would want to focus on, yes, I think the emotionality would be huge. I would also want to focus on, like, if at all possible, doing all the action using practical effects as much as possible with CGI only when absolutely necessary. So make it kind of old school in that respect, because even just going back, like the way you look at the action in Terminator 2 is it just looks so much better than the action that has been aided by CGI, um, where like the explosions are real, uh, the truck driving off the and driving through the cal- the aqueduct is real. Like all that stuff is happening, whereas the other movies rely a lot on intense use of slow-mo mm-hmm. um like particle effects like that are that are added in post um just everything about them just like looks fake and they try to make the action look like more intense by slowing things down and then speeding things up it's almost like the Zack snyder school of like action design which got really popular in like the the mid to late sure. 2000s and i then think like you would have it would have to just be like no computers nothing having to do with skynet like skynet's just not mentioned it's like not a thing and you would have to make it like it would have to be a smaller story 
but it would still have to have big big action in it because you can't really make it with no big action but it could be more personal rather than this everything being we're stopping the apocalypse (laughs) so you're saying that you also want to figure out how this guy improves his drapes business yes if if the whole thing is about he might lose this business because he finds out that this small town bank and trust that he has been using doesn't give loans to terminators <laughs> right right it, yeah we're going down like a death of a salesman thing where he can then yeah. have like a big meaty monologue where he stares out a window and he's like sometimes yeah you discover what the terminator is life but not yeah. <laughs> a giant terminator <laughs> it terminates us all Eventually. I also love that the woman he lives with and this daughter that he's raising don't have any questions about where he's from. You never meet her. What by his the way. family's like? Is that they're not in the movie? He just tells it, and then he's what? like, and then he leaves them. That's like, no, you never meet them. He just goes like, <laughs> you see so a picture upset. of them. You Steve see a picture so of them, and he's like, he's like, then he leaves him a note like, you need to move <laughs> because I wanted the... to see smooches. Yeah, no, you never. <laughs> You just and then like he just, one... so he just says he sold drapes. You don't see anybody buy drapes. No, you never what see a him. Boring sell, movie. You never see him sell a single drape. You see well. his truck though. He's got his drape truck. <laughs> well, I mean, glad I didn't spend the money on it. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime for free if anybody wants to watch it. Yeah, maybe like a cleaning day kind of movie. Yeah. Or a Judgment Day kind of movie. Oh, there you go. Oh, Charlie Mahalik, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Thanks for having me. Is there anything that you would like to plug at this time? Uh, you can listen to uh, my podcast uh, hosted by myself and Zach Olson called The Baywatch Watch, where we go back and we watch all episodes of Baywatch and then we talk about them. Uh, otherwise, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was a guest on that podcast. It's a fantastic pod. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to go back and watch uh, episodes of that terrible show. Yeah. And where can people find you online, Charlie? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Mahelicopter, and then you can find me on Twitter at Charles Mahelic. And yeah. All right. And you can find you at a. Uh, it's like if when movie theaters come back, do you feel like Terminator and Terminator 2 are good ones to go see, like a, you know, theater? Yeah, if they were if they were to whenever they do screenings, I would highly recommend anyone go watch those first two films. They're both fantastic and they're both very different from each other too. They feel like one feels like very small and claustrophobic and and really intense and like scary whereas like two also feels scary, but it is definitely like it is a popcorn blockbuster as well. Big mm-hmm. like big beautiful, lots of explosions, lots of stuff like that. So Two great movies. I just can't. I can't get over the fact that they don't even show the wife. I mean, don't. It's just in a picture. And then I have to wonder, you know, is that true? Or did he make that up? Oh, Um, see, now that is how you do some storytelling. If you just made all that up. I'm a Terminator. I cannot lie. (laughs) I'm a Terminator. But that, the way they show that he's gotten human over the years, I didn't tell you this, is that when they walk in the door, he hands them each a Corona with lime, and I'm not making that up. Well, okay. okay. You know why? I'm not because, making that up. Because the Terminator's about family. Yes. 
Oh God! What a cross of those two franchises. There's just be so much mumbling. Hey everybody! Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.